When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. So many aspects of what our sun sign says will contradict themselves based on another placement. Someone is a Sagittarius sun, but then their moon is in Cancer and their rising is in Virgo. If all they did was pay attention to what astrologers tend to say about Sagittarius energy, then they would hear that they're supposed to be the life of the party, a lover of travel, very promiscuous and super social. You have a Gemini moon, so you probably relate with what I say in terms of life of the party and adventurous, but someone who has a cancer moon would Mm -hmm. be like, actually, I'm a homebody. Actually, I don't like socializing. So when you know your whole chart, you view yourself in a more layered and nuanced way. You're more than just your sun sign. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet you. Have some tequila and stay This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's West African astrologist and best-selling author, Dose Via, her new book, Signs and Skymates, The Ultimate Guide to Astrological Compatibility is available now. She views astrology as a tool for empowerment and healing. She talks about how understanding astrology can help us in relationships, in business, for personal growth. You guys, I am so into this right now. And it's like these guests just fall onto my plate. This is exactly what I've been learning. I learned about my human design. I am so interested and hoping that maybe she'll do a little reading for me. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. That way you'll get an alert every time a new episode drops. Please, please pause this. Just take a quick second and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much to me. It's how other people find the show. And here is my episode with Dose Via. I want to talk about just your journey, um, what you do, some specific questions about astrology, get into the book and how it helps us with compatibility, business, personal growth, and then selfishly would love for you to give me a little reading at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds okay. Wonderful. I wanted to start, you were self-taught And you've been doing this since you were 10? Yes, 10. Thanks to my parents, my parents and my birth story. They knew a little bit about astrology and it led to them having some assumptions about certain zodiac signs. And my dad is a Taurus. His older sister is a Scorpio. Her birthday is October 24th. And since I was a C-section baby, they could choose the date I would be born based on a range of dates. And at first they were gonna have me born on the same day as my dad's sister, the 24th. But because Taurus and Scorpio are opposites in the Zodiac, they got in a disagreement pretty, like in a time period close to my birth. And my dad thought it would be a better idea for me to have my own individual unique birth date. So he changed it to October 23rd. Yeah. October 23rd. So ever since then, the interest in astrology was piqued because my parents kept talking to me about being a Scorpio and I had to figure out what that meant for myself. 
You were born with it. <laughs> yes, I was born with it. And everybody talks about, okay, you're a Scorpio. Everybody talks about their sun sign. But can you talk about the other signs that we should be looking at to get a more in-depth, accurate picture of our ourselves, our personality, like our true self, other than just your sun sign? Ideally, if you know your time of birth, then the rising sign, also known as the ascendant, is a very important part of an accurate astrological analysis of self. The ascendant is more of like an imprint that is placed on you based on the sun, the sign that was rising on the horizon at the time of your birth. And it also can appear to be like a mask that you show to others mm -hmm. and the first impression that yeah. others have of you. But for you, even beyond being a mask, it's more like a lesson, a cosmic lesson to learn from. And another very important placement in our chart. All the planetary placements are important, but I would say your moon sign, the emotional response you have to life, mm -hmm. and then your planetary ruler. Everybody has a planetary ruler that's calculated by their rising sign if they know it, and then their sun sign if they don't know their rising. So this won't even be that selfish when you do my little mini reading, because then people can see what you're able to tell them <laughs> about themselves yeah. by listening to mine. Um, yeah, that's how it was in my book too. I use my chart as an example to teach people. So it's, it's not selfish at all. It's collective fabulous. learning. I um, learned that I was born under a full moon and I, I was listening to yes. you on another podcast and you said, that's where the word lunatic <laughs> comes from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what is like, I think I wrote it down. So I, it's, it shows that you have a more passion and energy. Is there anything else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being born under full moon could tell me? I would say more sensitivity to life because the full moon heightens the sensitivity of all living things and even things like the ocean gets stronger under a full moon and we are made up of 70 percent water so if the ocean's tides are so influenced by a full moon then we as humans are too so full moon babies are definitely more sensitive and they should accept that they should let their inner wolves out <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to do that later. <laughs> Tell my husband yeah. that you told me to. <laughs> and you say we could like plan our lives by the cycles of the moon. Like we could use, like, for example, you were saying the first five months of 2023, why should we be using that to like shoot our shot? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now back to squats and margaritas. Jupiter, Jupiter is the planet of expansion. So when you are aware of what each planet brings to our lives, it's like the planets are characters in a play and they each bring different layers of understanding, then you can work with the planets. And Jupiter, when, it is, when it's in Aries, like it is now, that's the first sign of the zodiac. It's a fire sign. It's ruled by Mars, the planet of action. So we all feel more lucky, lucky when we take the initiative like an Aries. And not all Aries are outwardly confident, 
but Aries within themselves know that they have what it takes to succeed at whatever they choose to do. And that's what we need to go into 2023 with that type of mentality. Love that. Um, this may be a stupid question, but like, are there exceptions? Like when somebody's like, well, an Aries is this, and you're like, oh. like, or is it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. And the answer is yes. The danger of mainstream astrology is that it categorizes the 12 signs into some things that could be accurate, but it gets overly generalized. So I would say because we have our in-depth birth chart, so many aspects of what our sun sign says will contradict themselves based on another placement. An example okay. could be someone is a Sagittarius sun, but then their moon is in Cancer and their rising is in Virgo. If all they did was pay attention to what astrologers tend to say about Sagittarius energy, then they would hear that they're supposed to be the life of the party, a lover of travel, very promiscuous and super social. That's but me. if they're Cancer... <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah, I can stop being so promiscuous. <laughs> ah! And the thing is, you have a Gemini moon, so you probably relate with what I say in terms of life of the party and adventurous, but... Someone who has a cancer moon would mm -hmm. be like, actually, I'm a homebody. Actually, I don't like socializing. So when you know your whole chart, you view yourself in a more layered and nuanced way. You're yes. more than just your sun sign. That's why you should look at what you're showing us and doing having this chart. So you're not just going by this like almost like a stereotype of your sun sign. I am this way. Like this is so much more in depth. And that brings me to how we can use it for compatibility, the book. You said you did it because it was the question that you get the most <laughs> as an astrologist. Yes. Who am I compatible with? Yes, yes. And oof, people <laughs> want me to tell them that it's the person they have a crush on or the person they've been dating for eight years. And I wrote this book so people can learn themselves how to be their own astrologer and trust their own instincts. And I also wanted to remind people that compatibility is more than astrology. So in the book, I also talk about our programming, our past, how our past breakups or the movies we saw or the way we were taught can influence who we're attracted to. So it's very layered. But when you do know your chart, I encourage people to look at everyone else's chart as an invitation to learn. Sometimes even the most proficient astrologers will judge other people based on their chart because they almost have too much knowledge. Yeah. So I would like people to let the person show you the beauty of their chart rather than like, oh, I know what the moon sign means. I know what Venus means. So this means we must be compatible or this means we will have challenges. It's still not that simple. Even if you're great at astrology, you have to let the relationship bring the charts to life. I love that. And talk about how it's not just a compatibility finding compatibility with a romantic partner. Like you could use it for like friendship or self-love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the biggest struggles I had myself was with friendships or sometimes the feelings of frenemies. And so I went deep in the book about how you can look at your chart and see what planetary aspects that's for intermediate to more advanced astrologers or those who want to learn astrology. The planets sometimes are in harmony with each other. In your birth chart, you might see a lot of green geometric angles, which represent sextiles and trines. And other times they're in conflicts with each other, which are red angles that represent squares and opposition. And when you're with someone else, 
There are certain parts of their chart that can square off or cause conflict to your chart and other times create harmony. And that always exists in all charts, but some charts have greater harmony and others have greater conflict. So if you find yourself butting heads with someone, a coworker or someone who you wish could be a friend, but you feel more frenemy energy from, looking at your charts can give you a great feeling of like, whoa, it's not just me. Like the dynamics in our relationship are more challenging. Does that make it impossible? No, but are we willing to put in the work to overcome? That's the question. I was just going to ask that question. I'm like, can you overcome if you just see these red square blocks everywhere? And like, I've seen that. (laughs) Yes. Some of the most successful uh, romantic partnerships and even professional have a lot of squares because tension causes you to have to take action. Sometimes when there's so many sex tiles, couples still break up or friends still break up because they take the relationship for granted. When there's a lot of conflict, People have to face the conflict and be willing to do the work or leave it all together. So neither a lot of harmony nor a lot of conflict signals a make it or break it. It's rather the willingness that each individual has to maintain the relationship and to get to know the relationship for what it is. It's really a lot of work, actually. I I have to say that myself, I like being a friend to myself more because it's easier. And I have to tell myself, it takes work to maintain friendships with others. So are you going to do it? Yes or no? Like, <laughs> it's like a daily reflection. Like, oh, you know, like if you want friends, you, you got to put in the work. It's I, like you're talking <laughs> about my marriage. Like as much as we love each other and we've been together for 17 years, I feel like it's overcoming. I, I'm confident that we have the red blocks everywhere. We're both mm-hmm, willing, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm like, should it be this hard? But it's like, we're, di- I don't know if you know it offhand, Sagittarius and Libra is our. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's I not feel the like most, some- most, most hard, but I could see where you're coming from. I, 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 I would actually say that's actually a pretty good, I would say I have to see the rest of the planets. Like probably the, you're probably reflecting on the, whatever your husband's moon placement is, Venus placement. But the Sun, Sag, Sun, Libra, actually, I would put in power couple. Um, The only thing that's a struggle, I would say, is being willing to focus on longevity rather than the the present moment, like really being able to focus on practicality, structure, foundation, commitment, longevity. That's not always the number one thing Sag, Libra wants to do. So that's that. Yeah. We just, I'm like, he just, we don't see things the same way. And it's just, we'll just be like, bye. Okay. Like we're not going to get there. Like it's just very one way and I'm the other. And it's like what you said, we're just both willing to like overcome and stay together and love each other. But it's sometimes I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, but when your personalities are born under different things, like you, yeah, it's harder. <laughs> but I do think that when you do your composite chart and your synastry chart, like this could bring you closer. It'll be an icebreaker because a lot of composite and synastry charts, and I have a link on knowthezodiac.com to help people create their charts with their partners. They'll actually include, even the free ones will include interpretations of what your synastry and composite reading is. So what I highly recommend you do, it might be the most game-changing uh, game-changing activity of your marriage you've done in a while is whenever you're both free, look up your synastry and composite charts, read the free interpretations. And I would say based on the link I put on KTZ site, because not everyone will do it as well as the link that I placed. Yeah. And um, you will probably just end up sometimes like in tears at how certain elements that you thought you could never overcome were explained to you. And there were also tips on how to overcome it. 
I think it can be a game changer for all couples I'm experiencing moments of challenge. Yes. yes. And if anybody yes. else wants to do it, know the zodiac.com and you said it's the synastry. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you'll see under the signs and skymates resources, I've put a link to create your composite and synastry charts. Game changer. Okay. Thank you. And the last thing about mm-hmm. the book, like the compatibility you say can be used for personal growth in business. I'm going to take a stab at this now, knowing what ascendant is and how people perceive mm-hmm. you. That's how you use it in business. Like knowing your ascend, you it's your uh, first impression. So like an interview, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it does. So I would say, for example, you, you have a cancer rising because I have a Mars and cancer. That's that harmonizes very well because I, we, we were able to just quickly sensitively tune into each other. But you should also know that, let's say you're having an interview with someone who doesn't have as much water sign in their chart and you might not know their chart because you never met them. Because you have an awareness of a cancer rising, I would say do some sort of energetic, before going to the interview, you have to hype yourself up energetically and like protect your energy to be like, I'm not gonna take in the vibe of the interviewer whether the interviewer is like having a moody day or I can't read what they're saying or they're being overly enthusiastic, I'm going to focus on my vibe because cancer risings are very sensitive to energy. So if you feel nervous or if you feel like the interviewer is throwing you shade, it could completely knock you off course because you're emotionally led. So you're, knowing a rising sign can help you actually give yourself the opposite of what your rising sign is known for. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, and just another thing I was listening to on another podcast when you're talking about law of attraction, that is a thing. It's like what you are putting out, you bring back that energy from everyone around you. I like, I didn't know if I bought into that, but you say say that it's it's co-created. It's yes, it's co-created. So that would be a whole other podcast interview on its own. But I will say one of the books that helped me understand it well, which has turned into a documentary too, is The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. So The Secret explains it in more detail, but it's also metaphysics. The way the universe operates is based on magnetic uh, frequencies. So the universe and the atoms and the molecules in the solar system naturally or operate based on attraction, like attracts like, and it becomes more of an exponential expansion. Even the fact that the universe and solar system and cosmos and our galaxies are constantly expanding and and are in a way infinite also taps into that. It can feel overwhelming because sometimes people will take it too literally and think that they can never have a quote unquote negative thought because it's gonna attract it, but that's not the law of attraction. Well, people, even though it's been marketed that way, so people have to have discernment. The way I view the law of attraction is the universe operates based on your most frequent subconscious thoughts. Now, that's not your fault if your programming has been scarcity-based mindset, because a lot of people have social economic realities that place them in that type of programming. If all they've seen is their parents struggle, and they've had to beg for money and beg to survive, then it'll be harder for them to believe, I will become a millionaire. It will become harder. It is easier to attract what you've seen already. But when you have an awareness that the universe operates based on your subconscious thoughts, you can start to reprogram your subconscious thoughts. And that's where you really start to see the ripple effect of the law of attraction. Love that. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. 
But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> you did a little <laughs> mini reading for me um, that we can hopefully yeah. get into now. You know, I'm a son. My son sign is Sagittarius and my ascendant is cancer. So I have learned yes. from quickly going through that. That means that I am really connected to home and family and like my home is my haven. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 and people mm-hmm. see that about me. <laughs> It depends. Cancer energy is mysterious. So what people would still, it would take people a bit of time to sense you out. There are certain rising signs that as soon as you get to know them, you can sense what their rising is. So it's easier sometimes with the Leo rising, even Scorpio rising, very intense, um, sad rising. But cancer is ruled by the moon, which means cancer is the most malleable of all the sign energies because it shifts the way the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So people could sometimes view you as sensitive when the moon is in cancer, for example, but then the moon could enter Leo and you could feel much more social. So keep that in mind about you. There's a bit of a adaptability because you move according to the cycles of the moon. Yeah. So just knowing the cycles of the moon, me specifically because cancer, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And anyone who has cancer placements. So this applies to you. If you look at your chart and you see that you have a moon in cancer, a sun in cancer, a Venus or Mars in cancer, you will also move according to the cycles of the moon. But people who have an ascendant rising in cancer and a moon in cancer, and of course, a sun in cancer are the ones who will feel this the most. Oh my God. That is such great information. I also saw mm-hmm. that I could come off as like, guard. I could be guarded and I don't want to say secretive, like, uh, not as um, open. So is your ascendant like something you can overcome? Because I used to be exactly that, but now I am exactly the opposite. And I share probably almost too much. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's how I built community by sharing. I had a lot of struggles with eating disorders and depression and mental health. Now that I've shared all that, I've kind of built and I feel like come into my purpose in life to like support and inspire other women by being open. But I used to be very guarded and didn't share anything. So you can kind of overcome or grow past your ascendant. Yes. Well, there's many views to the ascendant. One of them is that it's in the first 10 years of our lives that we really are more prone to being like our ascendant. But some people like me have our ascendant in our sun sign. So I'm a Scorpio rising and a Scorpio sun. So it all depends. But other people say that after the first 10 years of your life is when you start to go more into your sun sign. But for you, what I would say even beyond that is everybody has to pay attention to their planetary ruler. So because your rising sign is in cancer, 
you are ruled by the moon. So you have to look at your chart and see where is your moon placed. Your moon plate is placed in Gemini. And Gemini is all about community, connection, communication. And even more specifically, the house placements, which can only be calculated if you know your exact time of birth, your Gemini moon is in the 12th house. That's the 12th house of healing, spirituality. So, it, And it's also the house of solitude. So when I see this as an astrologer, I see that you have that multidimensional ability to heal within and externally. And part of your emotional uh, fulfillment comes from communicating your truth and using your healing journey as a catharsis for other people. It says so, that? Yes. You are your very good at this. <laughs> You're like, no, I, I interpret it. I wrote a self-help book to inspire other mm -hmm. women. And I just started a nonprofit for teen girl. Like it, what I've done with my life is exactly. And you don't even know that. Mm -mm. Wow. I, I, you're, that's the power of you're in alignment with your chart. Yes. Some finally people struggle because they're not exactly. It took you time, but you're in alignment with your chart. So people, the answer is yes. You can always transcend the original themes of your rising because your chart is here to show you that there's way more to you than just your rising. That uh, goosebumps everywhere. That's exactly. And yes, it finally feels like I'm living my purpose because I'm finally in alignment at 41. Mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. it all <laughs> finally in alignment. Mm -hmm. I also saw something about, um, you expect people to read your mind. Um, and then I just, I expect my husband to read my mind. And then when he doesn't, I get pissed off at him and <laughs> I never ask like for what I need. I just expect him to like help me out. Mm -hmm. And then it causes a lot of friction. So to see that, that I expect people to read my mind, I never ask very on point mm -hmm. <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. The biggest thing cancer energy, including me since I have a Mars and cancer can benefit from learning and all water signs really is uh, we can be passive aggressive. So yes. we just have to figure out how to, yeah, it, it ends up blocking us in the end more than anything. So we have to figure out a way to let it out. Okay. Yes. So this is how it can help you with personal growth. People like, yes, knowing this about you. Um, it said, I don't want to be deceived in relationships. And I mean, we've been together 17 years, but at the beginning I, it was exactly that. And the, all the, uh, struggles in our relationship. Cause I'd be like in his phone and like making sure mm -hmm, he wasn't mm -hmm, doing mm -hmm, anything. Cause mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's almost like it makes you feel seen <laughs> to read, be like, that's yes. what you are. <laughs> like, you're not a psychopath. Like you, exactly. this is <laughs> That's so true. No, for real. It humanizes us. It doesn't mean we aren't supposed yes. to evolve. You're supposed to take that information and ideally evolve. I completely resonate with what you said. I had those moments, especially in college with, yeah, my previous partner. And wow, I think about the growth and I'm grateful for it. And my chart deeply helped me normalize the feelings of insecurity I may have felt, mm -hmm. but showing me other ways, like my Venus is in Sagittarius. So tapping into the abundant ways of looking at love and being like, it's very possible like to continue to love without snooping and stuff like that. You know, trust. it's like, yeah, trust. Girl, exactly. Like if he was in the shower, yeah. I was in his phone. Like every time. <laughs> Cause I was like, you will not. <laughs> but he's like, what? I'm not. But like that, it made me feel seen to be like, well, I could be like, it's just mm -hmm. my, my cancer energy. Um, yes. Which you're aware of. And, and I'm aware of transcending now. in different ways. Yes. Exactly. I don't want to like, I want you to keep reading, but I had so many other things. Like I kept love is so important to me and love will transform me. Can we 
Talk about that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the thing. All humans will be transformed by love, but people sometimes have placements in their chart that show that love is more of a priority for them to uh, experience. Mm. All humans benefit from love, even the ones, or especially the ones who say, love isn't my priority. I just want to focus on career right now. That's often the ones who need love more than anything. Wow. Your midheaven is in Pisces. And Mars, the planet of action, is in Virgo. And Jupiter, the planet of luck, is in Scorpio. You also have three planets in the fifth house of true love, adventure, and creativity. So for you, you can define love as more than just romantic love, but loving what you invest your energy in and loving the space that you are surrounded in and the intention that you put and it courses through you in the sense that ideally you will thrive when you do everything with love and with intention. Wow. So I feel like that's that's something that your Mars and Virgo in particular is here to teach you. You don't have to do it all. Your Gemini and Sag placements and Aquarius placements will have you wanting to do a lot of different things at once. <laughs> and then just tapping into what you feel the most love for in that moment will help you discern that where to put your energy because i'm always juggling a lot of things so it's like lead with what i want to put love into it mm -hmm. makes you like categorize down what you should be focusing on mm -hmm. and it can okay. always change later it can always change True. later but it helps you be present okay and i did see that i my mission is to protect my energy what if um my husband and kids are not on that vibe and they won't let me do mm -hmm. that <laughs> it, it goes, it, it's a very good question because yes, we have to remember that it's not just our energy here on this earth. Yes, we are the main characters and the protagonists, but we really are living in community. So that's a very valid question. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Now back to squats and margaritas. Your Venus is placed in Aquarius in the eighth house. So learning how to set boundaries and have healthy detachment is part of your evolutionary lesson. So when you think of protecting your energy, if you frame it in a way as when I protect my energy by giving myself maybe the space I might need to feel at ease and feel like I'm being poured into or to even just think outside of all of the regular daily noise, you're also protecting the energy of your family and your loved ones because you're being your best self. You're, you're, so if you reframe it in that way and say, us taking care of ourselves individually and setting healthy boundaries will only help the collective more, then it becomes easier for you and people will actually follow your lead. So tap into your Venus in Aquarius in the eighth house placement, really study what, what kind of themes, because that's one of the most, oh, and you're going through your Venus return. Venus is currently in Aquarius and entered Aquarius January 2nd, and it will remain there until I believe around the 26th uh, of, of January, the end of January. So when you're going through your Venus return, it's actually great to be aware of your values and let people know where you stand with them and set the boundaries that you need to. Uh, so this is actually a great question. Study your Venus and Aquarius in the eighth house. And anyone listening to this, if you want to know how to better relate to people and what your soul needs, study your Venus placement and your Venus house placement, and it will really help you see. This is amazing. 
Those were all the questions that I had about it. Is there anything else that you see in my chart that you feel like you should let me know? <laughs> so in your chart, just like anyone who is looking at their chart, see if you have placements that repeat themselves more than three times when it comes to the sun all the way to your ascendant. You don't have to count the midheaven and the north node, although some people do. But for me, I look at between the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, all the way down to your ascendant. Which signs or houses, if any, repeat themselves three or more times? So in your chart, Erin, mm -hmm. the sun is in Sagittarius, Mercury is in Sagittarius, Uranus is in Sagittarius, and Neptune is in Sagittarius, which means, and, and all of them are in your sixth house of wellness, service, and um, work. So what that means is you have two stellions who already, we'll see if you have more, but these are the ones that pop up first. Okay. Uh, and so that's a Sagittarius stellium and a sixth house stellium. Now I'm also seeing Jupiter in the fifth house, Pluto in the fifth house, and Saturn in the fifth house. So you also have a fifth house stellium. So I would say mm, some cosmic homework would be to study what sixth house energy is. Some of it is already talked about in your chart and other placements that are important to study for you is your fifth house placements okay. and then your Sagittarius energy. Because when you have an emphasis of planets in a certain sign or house, mm -hmm. it really does indicate that that's the core energy to learn from. And so your Sagittarius, your sixth house of work, the way that you are of service to others, and then learning how to let play and adventure um, and creativity also lead the way in your life are all key themes in your chart. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's there's the no thing. time. That's so part that... of your, but you, that's your yeah. lesson. Exactly. You have to make time you, so it, spot on. In, in order to have luck. You, you, it brings you more luck when you make time for it. That is so spot on. Cause that's, I'm like, that's the last thing. And then I feel like, Ugh, and I'm always like tense. And if I do something for mm -hmm. myself, I feel guilt. Cause I'm a mom, but you're like, look at it, reframe it to, you are putting mm -hmm. that energy into your family. So it's actually not selfish. I needed that message today. Um, this is so interesting to me. Anybody else that wants to have their chart done or learn more, you have the app, Know the Zodiac? Yes, app okay. Know the Zodiac and the website as well, knowthezodiac.com. I have digital guides. If you're a Scorpio or a Scorpio rising or have Scorpio placements, I just released an in-depth guide for Scorpios. And I'll be uh, offering other guides for other placements throughout the year. So knowthezodiac.com has many, many services for you to dive into your astrological journey. And for those who love to read, whether it's an audiobook format or physical, Science and Skymates is a wonderful way to deepen your knowledge as an astrologer. And you have an Instagram page for every sign. Yeah, you can follow and learn more. But do I? So I follow Sag. Well, now I definitely follow Sag. Yeah, it's, no it's Sagittarius. But you follow your sun sign, even if you don't have say, it repeating. I would say uh, your rising sign is a great way to begin, and most people don't know that. So Scorpio yeah. Mystique is my biggest page, and a lot of Scorpios follow it, and that's great. But I would also want them to follow what their rising sign is. But not everyone knows their time of birth, so I recommend rising and sun sign and some people also like following their moon sign to see what their emotional response is so uh that's a really good way to commune with other people because i'll put like memes that 
help us figure out what our areas of improvement are and we all can laugh about it about it like Scorpios <laughs> can drag each other we know that we can get jealous we know we can get possessive we know we can have trust issues so it's just a safe space to be like yes a yes community. we can be like this yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> yes me too <laughs> oh I love this so much and where can people follow you Instagram is dosevia, D-O-S-S-E-V-I-A. And my website is also dosevia.com. Same thing as Twitter. And I think this is a great time to also, if you're focused on mantras and meditations and affirmations to feel better about yourself and reprogram your consciousness, I have an EP called Dream with Dosevia. It's available on all streaming platforms. And I created musical meditations along with electric butter, and it helps people reframe their minds and believe that they can live a life that they truly love with intention. And coming into a new year, that's what we all need. A mantra. Can you give me a mantra based on my chart? <laughs> oh yeah. Play. Oh, wow. Wow. Have wow, fun. Wow. There's this, there's one of the mantras is called passion play. Mm-hmm. And it says, Let's change the connotation of the word work, shall we? Let's view it as playing with passion. You're here to passionately play. So when you think about things in a way of passion play, do I want to get up and am I already excited to get started because I know it's contributing to my joy and to the joy of others? Then you're passion playing. And so I feel like you're already doing it. This podcast is helping not only your life, but the life of other people and it's inspiring other people. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.